Most businesses don't possess a deeper understanding of sustainability. From a broader perspective, a sustainable company is one whose purpose and actions are equally grounded in financial, environmental, and social concerns. Welcome to the Creative Monday Discussion Show. I am your host, Mervyn Budrum, and we are creatives transforming lives. Welcome back to the Creative Monday Discussion Show. I am your host, Mervyn Budrum, and I will be with you for the next hour. I am thankful to be back again for another week. I am really grateful for just this opportunity to be with you and to, to be able to share with you content that will help inspire, motivate, and transform your lives. Tonight's guest has some amazing content to share with you, and I'm really looking forward to the discussion. If you are new to the Creative Monday show, uh, the show is an entrepreneurial podcast that brings together inspirational people, individuals who are willing to share their journey, their story, their skill set, their talent with you to help inspire, motivate, and transform your lives. Uh, we're bringing tips and business know-how from experiential uh, um, leaders in the industry, right, from the region. And so I just want to encourage you guys to take notes when you show up to the show. You want to come ready to take notes, ready to learn. Tonight's show is brought to you by Task Belize Limited, a digital strategic marketing company based here in Belize, and their vision and their aim is to help you tell your story, reach more people, and close more sales. Are you ready to move your business forward? Are you ready to make an impact? Are you ready to go beyond what is? Hungry for more traffic, engagement, customers? Here is your chance to become more successful in the digital world with fresh, creative, innovative strategies for your organization's messaging, website, videos, graphics, photos, and sound. Skyrocket your brand's digital identity. We do what works. We do things differently. We learn from you to understand your business needs, tell your story, reach more people, and close more sales. Contact us now to take your business to the next level. Tass Belize, the heart of entrepreneurial innovation. All right, welcome back, welcome back. And speaking about Task Belize, as I said earlier, we are celebrating our 15 years anniversary as a company. And I can't believe it's been 15 years just like that. Uh, and, and a friend of mine was talking with me and we were like, How, where did the time go? Like we Just a few years back, I felt like I bought this big headphones and I had a laptop and I started the company. And that's kind of how we started, like a big headphones, a laptop. And we started by making radio jingles uh, for companies here in Belize. I took my skill set as a musician I said, okay, what can I do? And we started just, I remember sitting on a couch. My first jingle, I made it sitting on a couch at my pastor's house. And um, that was the beginnings of my company. And I, I do want to thank my pastor. He helped me buy that first headphones. Um, and I was I also want to thank everyone who has invested uh, and been a part of the task story over the years. We want to move forward tonight and introduce our guest. As I mentioned, I'm very excited to have her with us. She is the founder of Innovative Education and Training Solution, as well as Coaching by Tamu. She focuses on guiding Caribbean entrepreneurs to create and effectively manage high growth, scalability, and innovative ventures. So please welcome to the screen, Dr. Tamu Brown. Well, Hi, hello, Dr. everybody. <laughs> you know, normally normally I do the intro and I, I welcome the, the guests and I start talking and then they're talking. And so I'm like, this time I'm going to give you a time to say something as you come in. But welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with me tonight on the show. How are you doing? Well, I am great. I'm excited to be here with you. We have a great rapport, so I'm looking forward to it. I am from St. Kitts. Awesome. So, you know, it's a pleasure having you. I, I wanted to give a little backdrop how we met so that people can, uh, our audience can uh, get an idea of this 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 connection, right? So I'm I'm a part of a program um, with Beltrade. It's a business music business of music. And we, we, we've been working on kind of just helping to 
get the music business up in Belize to a next level. Uh, we've been having training sessions and it's been awesome. And part of that training was for us to meet with a coach to kind of look over our strategic plan, look over what we're doing and get clarity on it right and so dr tamu happens to happen to be my coach and she blew me out of the waters i just want to say that like our session even before our session when she was doing her presentation she she really brought some really practical um tips some practical lessons to kind of really help us reposition ourselves um as we're stepping into this era right and then following up with our session you were able to take all the different things I was doing and kind of just make sense of it. Because everyone knows I, I have a lot going on and you just brought it in and helped me to make sense of it. Um, and so, you know, it's, I, I said, you know, I need to get you on the show. I need, need not just me, but everyone to get this kind of experience from you, right? So um, that's our backstory and how we met. And um, it's, it's definitely an honor and privilege to have you on the show with us. So. I'm talking a lot. I want you to talk. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your journey. Kind of how did you get into the space that you're currently in? Well, you know, it's really interesting. So in 2012, I actually started another venture, which is still ongoing, which is innovative education and training. So I've always been entrepreneurial. So that venture works at the intersection of education and curriculum design and I do training curricular design I take traditional curriculum and adopt and optimize them for online delivery or hybrid delivery now interestingly I was doing my doctoral work around 2014 I feel like it was around there and I actually had another thesis my thesis was about disruptive innovation and I was writing, writing, but it, I felt removed yeah. from my topic. And my chair, Dr. Gamble, she reached out to me and she's like, Tamu, you know, something isn't sitting, sitting right. Let's have a conference call. I think we, you need to revisit your, in, your approach. Devastated, let me tell you. <laughs> At that time, I had just gone through a, uh, a session, a workshop with a young woman from California. She was visiting St. Kitts, her name is Ayori Selassie, and she was introducing her innovation, which is called the Life Model Canvas. So if you're an entrepreneur, you might be familiar with the Business Model Canvas. Mm -hmm. And she created this Life Model Canvas, which marries entrepreneurship or whatever your goals are in the entrepreneurial realm with your life. So it's a more holistic tool. And I did that canvas and everywhere on that canvas, entrepreneurship was popping up, mm. right? Now I had been lecturing entrepreneurship, but I had never considered it to be a business idea, right? I was just lecturing, I was just teaching that. But then when I did this life model canvas, I said, you know, I really have a passion for entrepreneurship and female entrepreneurship in particular in the region. And so I changed my entire dissertation, sent me back maybe a year or so. Yeah. And I went on to study technology entrepreneurship and how black women specifically leverage venture capital. How do they get venture capital to grow these huge technology companies? And while I was doing that, it's strange how things work. I began getting requests to do things like coaching, right? Um, World Bank pitch it competition, um, someone on the ground, Telly Uno, she invited me to be a coach with that. People started reaching out for training in entrepreneurship. It was like a magnet. Yeah. And so upon um, completing my doctorate, I actually left my lecturing job and moved into entrepreneurship work. But what I realized is that in our ecosystem, in the Caribbean ecosystem, um, we had to start at the very basic level. Yeah. People had great ideas, but they didn't understand 
how to move their ideas to the type of implementation that would allow them to grow ventures. So we were stuck in that micro entrepreneurship, cottage industry entrepreneurship. You know, we weren't on shelves, we weren't exporting, we weren't doing these things. And I saw that there was a niche. So that's how Coaching by Tamu came about. Man, that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that process that, you know, you're doing, you're in the middle of doing your thesis and then right there made a radical shift. Radical. Um, that, that, that's amazing. And now I, I think you definitely hit the, the nail on the head because it's a huge, you know, it's a huge era right now. You said something just that jumped out to me. People are stuck in the micro and it's true. Even right now, a lot of business, they're able to kind of start and get off, but unable to break out of that micro space into a, a, a small business and a larger business, a corporate business stage, right? Yes. What, what have you learned over the years um, or what advice you, you would give to someone watching who, who is in that space that they feel stuck and they want to break out? What are some of the first steps that they need to start to make? I think the first step is a mindset step. And so okay. every um, conversation that I have, every training that I do, I begin with the mindset because you cannot grow a business if you are not growth oriented. Mm. And so often there's a lot of fear surrounding growth. I also would like to tell people that what I have learned um, is that the best entrepreneurship is the model that suits your future self. And so I talk about imagining your future self often. If you can envision what you would want your future life to be and your future self, you can then reverse engineer and create a model for your business that is suitable for that. Now, if your future self, your goals, your aspirations, your strengths are not in alignment with your business model, it will never move forward. Mm. Another tip I, I, I have, I did a lot of work in networks and I find that particularly women in the region and regional people in general, we do not have a great handle on understanding how to leverage networks for entrepreneurial growth. That is more a US European concept and context. And the, the research shows that the best businesses are the ones whose founders have a strategic and diverse network. Mm -hmm. The global statistics show that black people and black women in particular tend to have very small, dense networks. And this doesn't work well for entrepreneurship because as you know, with entrepreneurship and to grow, you need new, you need newness, yeah. right? So you yeah. need new information, you need um, new doors to open for you. You need a lot of new things that you do not have, nor does your current circle have. Mm. And so if you remain in that network, so it's called a closed or a strong network where maybe these people are giving you a lot of moral support perhaps, but that's not going to get you to the next level. And so understanding the importance of networks and being able to craft them strategically, this is one of the most valuable tips. Man, that's awesome. I, I love that because I think that speaks to where a lot of entrepreneurs are currently at. Um, a lot of us, I mean, I know your your focus is on um, females and black female entrepreneurs, but I think on a whole entrepreneurs, on a whole face that issue where, and, and what I wanted to ask you, why do you think that's an issue? Because um, you said um, black entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs don't have a, a, a huge network and I remember in your training you had mentioned that and I, I was pondering on that because you know it's 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 something it's some I was in Boston and I saw they they spent a lot of time talking about networking and they taught us how to network and mm -hmm. and it, and it's so true and it is so true but why would you say in the Caribbean region and in in our in our space on a whole people struggle with networking and growing our network? It's cultural, right? And so we are taught socioculturally to kind of stay in your circle. Yeah. And so as you want to grow and as you develop, whether it's personally 
or entrepreneurially, you have to elevate yourself into spheres where people make more money. Maybe they live in different neighborhoods, you know, the good neighborhood with the big house, mm-hmm. neighborhoods. And culturally, we are um, diminished for wanting to move upwards into these other circles. You know, you might hear the, the term, who she thinks she be, yeah. he thinks. And so it's like a cultural norm and we don't understand that really these networks are tools that you are leveraging. So I think it's, it's cultural. Yeah. So and I'm hoping that through this conversation and those who are watching that we will be part of those who will change that mindset, that we will celebrate uh, entrepreneurs and celebrate individuals who, who are aspiring to change and to kind of get into a different circle. Uh, you know, it's it's really so true. It's part of the voices. And I, I love what you said that we got to get out of that space. Uh, we have to have that growth mindset. And it's scary because then you're in a space as well where you, you got to change. Um, so talk to us a little, a little bit about that transformational process. I know there's there's a transformational process that we need to go through as individuals, mm-hmm. but then also our companies need to go through. How do we manage that, that change process? I think um, setting expectation is important. Mm-hmm. And I often tell people that the Caribbean needs its own business models, right? Because our ecosystem is different. Yeah. And so what happens is that we often set goals that are not contextually applicable. And we look at, um, you know, the YouTubers, the yeah. you know Instagrammers, and their millions of some of them have more followers than we have people in <laughs> That's our true. That's true. <laughs> on our islands, but yeah. yet still we're using them as models for our transformation and growth, and mm-hmm. so they are not realistic models for our context. They can be inspirational models, but they are not mentor-like models. And I think that is important because we consume so much of their content, Mm. we lose focus on what is achievable in our context. Now, I also say that um, this has happened to me, and even now I'm transitioning. In our transition, we want to hold on to the past. Right. Because letting go of what you know, who you know, it's like grief. You, yeah. you know, you, you feel really bad about it. You feel like you've invested time. You feel like, OK, my, my friends will think I've shunned them, um, you know, but your your energy has to move elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your energy and sometimes yourself. Huh? You have to move elsewhere. I also think that understanding that transformation needs teams, yeah? And that teams do not necessarily have to be large. Yeah, I think what happens is that we want to be so big and we think that we have to take on all of these people, change every single thing in our business, but no, it's a phased approach. And understanding that as you grow and as your business grows, your team will also change. And so this idea of remaining with people who no longer serve your vision is something that we struggle with and that keeps us from being transformational in our lives and in our businesses. Man, that, that is your speaking. I know I, 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 I'm going to say you're speaking to me. Um, I know you're speaking to others. But I guess the question that's coming up for me, how do you balance that? Because generally, generally we have a, a, like a family approach. I would say for us as a company, we've had a family approach. And we've had many people pass through the company over the years. How do we balance that in terms of um, knowing how to help someone transition on? towards their dreams and their goals and then knowing when um, to keep them on in our in pursuing what our goals and our vision is like what what would you say um, or how can you speak into that well you know before i was um, coaching my tamu and all of this thing i used to lead um, teams for flagship stores um, in the u.s right so i worked in the u.s and i led teams and what i can say is that both you and the person know that it is not a best fit. 
the reason that the person remains is because there is a lack of communication. Mm. And so instead of having engagement with persons on our team who we know do not fit our future or our present, we instead try to figure out how to fix the situation. Mm. Instead of having empathetic discussions about here's where we're going, where do you see your place, if any, and if not, how can I assist you in transitioning? Mm. So a humane approach bolstered by communication and empathy, I think they are critical. And also listening to your other team members, because sometimes they can spot the misalignment much more quickly than you can. And you have to be open to the fact that there's a misalignment and not try to hold on because you're thinking, well, who am I going to get to fill this role? Who? Yeah. No, it's best to just let it go. I love that. Very good. I, I, and I want to remind those who are tuned in, uh, let's get some questions in. If you have questions, you want to be part of this discussion, uh, feel free to uh, send it in. We do have a question that came in from Shireen. Um, this is, what are some tips to network and elevate yourself? I think the first thing is to determine the objective of the networking. Yeah. So otherwise you're just talking to people without intention, right? So for instance, if it is that you want to um, perhaps seek some funding, right? And you might not have any banking contacts or know anyone in the industry and you might want to seek advice, you then need to position yourself whether, you know, let's start with online since that's really what obtains now. In LinkedIn groups and Facebook groups and um, conferences, et cetera, that's, uh, that are um, aligned with your goal, right? So that you can meet the right people. So it's not just about meeting people. It's about understanding your goal and then determining where are the spaces where these people are so yeah. that I can begin to network with them. Yeah. So yeah. that's like a pro tip, whether it's online or face to face. So you have to be in the spaces where they are in order to reach them. So that's my first tip is understanding what your goal is in the networking and once in the space to speak up so many times we're in spaces That's whether true. it's workshops conferences especially now that they're online you log on and you log off you never yeah. um you should be following the people who are in the in the conference with you the speakers you should be following their social media pages liking sharing commenting being top of mind so that they can begin to pull you or think of you um, when opportunities arise. I love that. Speak up. And this is, I, that's typically a Caribbean thing. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure what it's like in your, in St. Kitts. I know in Belize, you ask a question, does anyone have any question? And it's crickets, there's silence, yes. right? Yes. We, we need to speak up. We need to <clears throat> start craft questions. You know, when we have good questions, we're going to get, when we have the right question, we're going to get the answers that we need. And many times we're afraid to ask the questions and we're afraid to get out there because we're afraid of being wrong. One of the things I've told my staff over um, the years is, you know, you will make mistakes. Uh, you will fail. It's okay. That's part of the learning process. But get out there. Ask, ask questions. Try and learn from those processes, right? Uh, um, Dr. Tamu, I want to go back. You said earlier we need to have a growth mindset, right? Um, and then we also were, we were talking about the fact that we're looking to these North American uh, content creators and in, um, content that we're feeding ourselves. Uh, we're not, we don't have enough content in the Caribbean that speaks to where we're at. I'm hoping that the show is filling that need and starting to fill that need. That's one of our goals. But what, what about someone like myself? I, you talk about see your future self. I see myself global. I see myself not just regional here in, um, and not just local in Belize, not just regional in the Caribbean, but I see myself and what we're doing global. Um, 
would, would you say it's a good advice then to still look to those North American, those other entities that are getting, that are global and doing it and learning from them? Or what, what would advice would you give to an individual like me? And I know there's a lot of Caribbean um, entrepreneurs that they're looking to go global. Um, they're looking to take their business and what they're doing, not just for the region, but um, especially in this time, something that's global. What, what input would you give for that? So looking at, remember I said, you know, the North American context is inspirational. Yeah. And so we can learn a lot, right? We yeah. can learn. I always say, um, look at, uh, uh, you know, an archetype, right? This is my future self. And mm -hmm. this is maybe how they promote. This is how um, their content looks. Mm -hmm. um, all of the things that are, you know, going to propel you forward. What might not work is using, trying to use the same distribution channels, gotcha. right? Maybe the customer segments might be different. So it's not so much about not, not using them and not consuming them, but the, the core elements of the business model, like segments, like distribution channel, maybe the revenue model, those elements might be different. So I do believe that, yes, you should, once again, I'm about intention, right? Yeah. So when you are consuming whatever, it's to what end? So you're saying, okay, for me, coaching by Tamu, I want to have Tamu TV. And so I'm going to be, I've been watching everything Mervyn has been doing. I'm like, oh, that's how his backdrop looking. Oh, yeah. that's how. So it's, it's the same thing, but understanding that the strategy mechanism for you to get to where you're going globally may not look the same. It's unlikely to look the same as um, a North American um, entrepreneur, for instance, in the Caribbean, because our voice is not as amplified, it's unlikely that if we um, post and say we have tickets, our stadium, wherever you're performing in the U.S., is unlikely to sell out from a post yeah. just because of the nature and the volume of the followers, etc. Yeah. We might still have to use the producer route, but the goal is still the same. Now, what are the people who are selling out these stadiums in North America? What does their production look like? What do mm. their teams look like? So you have to be able to um, disaggregate the pieces that work for you while understanding that the route, which is the actual business model that gets you there will not be the same as in the North American context. I love that. I love that. You know, you're, you've been talking a lot about goals um, tonight. So let's talk, let's go there. Help us um, and help those viewing understand the power of goals and how to set smart goals and, and how to really, because, you know, one of the, the challenges I know I've had and, and, you know, over my years is you have these strategic plans, you have the goals, and then they stay on a paper. And and you're just, you're, you get caught up into just the day-in, day-out grind of getting stuff done. And you're not looking at the goals. You're not um, yeah. you're not really pulling on it. Then you kind of come to a quarter, oh, yeah, the goals. And you kind of look at it again. And so so how would you advise someone or how would you speak to someone in a, in a situation like that in how to, to kind of come out of that and really make those strategies and those goals work for you? We all suffer from that. You know, the other day I was like, what happened to being a technology entrepreneur? Yeah. What happened to that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but what I would say is that um, I think that your goals need to be on your wall. Let's start yeah. there. Right. I think what's not visible is ignored. Oh, I love that. Is ignored. I mean, because our life is so frenetic. Mm -hmm. And so I think that actually using it doesn't have to be all fancy like a business model canvas a piece of manila paper um, stuck up on your wall where you can see your big goals right and 
I would say, I think we suffer from, because we are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship is creative, yeah. we suffer from so many ideas that, <laughs> I know it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange yeah. thing to suffer from, yeah. but we have so many ideas that we want to implement that it gets us, it's keeps us straight. If I can interject, I'll give you a simple um, um, example of that. So we're putting together our campaign for, for the giveaways for the business. And I'm, I'm sitting there for 20 minutes, literally trying to craft the right language and work on the landing page. And my wife came, I'm like, just keep it simple. Like, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't need to be over like complicated, yes. simple, right? And so, yeah, so I, I totally get that. Yes. So we suffer, we suffer from that. And so if you see the goal, right? And we have too many goals now. So we had to narrow them down now to like, you know, at least just like two to three major goals. And I would say for me, what I've started doing is isolating one goal per quarter that mm. gets me to, or whatever works for you, the bigger goal, you mm. see? And then you stick the big vision and the quarter goal and you can see that because otherwise we get we get lost i've yeah. it has happened to me so i also think that what is a smart goal last year might not be a smart goal this year yeah and so the idea of the academic concept of smart goals which i know as being like a management lecturer I don't know that they're helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that what is smart is what aligns with your future self, what you want to achieve in a phased way. That's yeah. what I think is smart. And uh, I think also that if you do have a business model, a life canvas, whatever is the tool that you use to keep your mind right, um, to, to have you see the big picture, maybe you're visual, like if you're a creative, maybe it's that vision board or whatever, but I feel like they need to be front and center. And it's not just my feeling, like there is research that shows that like taking notes on a computer does not have the same mm. retention and comprehension as writing. And so yeah. as we move into this digital space where we're snapshotting and we want to do vision boards on our phone and put our we're goals losing. on a productivity app, that's not working now. Mm. That's not working. And we know it's not working. Like I'm sure we are still pushing it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. You have to see it. So you get up, you see it. You go to change your clothes, you see it. Like it's there front and center. So, and what I've, I've done too, like I have my life model canvas that I spoke about and I blew it up. So it's like huge, right? Mm. So it's huge. So it's not like a little eight and a half by 11 paper. So I go to the copy store and I make a huge copy of the blank canvas. And so I just looked at it. Um, the one I had last was 2016. And, you know, I'm going to be revisiting that and I'm going to stick it up in my space. So I think visual is important. I love that. And smart is what's smart for you. Now, and for you, yeah. <clears throat> I love that. I, I, I think that definitely uh, resonates with me and resonates with our audience. We have a question that came in from Andrea Rodriguez, if we can get that up. Uh, she's asking the, the network is indeed essential. What are some ways we can build our network? Uh -huh. Well, first you need to do a network audit. <laughs> and that is a list of all the people in your network already, right? You can do it by like, let's say if you have some business goals, you can do it by that. You know, who can help me with these goals, etc. Now, Remember I spoke about intentionality when building mm -hmm. networks. So you want to look at your audit, your network audit or your network inventory is a better word, right? And you want to begin to see how these people who you already know, who are warm contacts or hot contacts, how, how can they get you into their networks? Mm. 
that's an easiest route because you already have like their blessing, right? You already yeah. have, you know, people are going to welcome you more warmly. So I think perhaps having conversations initially with people who are already in your network, who are connected to bigger networks that you want to be in and letting them know these are my goals. You know, I just, you know, I want to learn more, right? I want to learn more. How, you know, what can I do? And they'd be like, girl, dude, you know, you know, I attend this thing every quarter, you know, let me send you the link or yeah. that's an easy way because these people already know you. Right. So that's one of the first things that you can do a network inventory and then being ushered into these people who already know you, their yeah. net, their networks. I also think that it's important to understand that network building is a long game. Is a, mm -hmm. you're not no small short sport. <laughs> it's a yeah. long thing. Like remember when we used to have test cricket? <laughs> not not on the not like twenty overs cricket days cricket. That's like network building. And so what you are never to do is ask first. Yeah. Don't be asking, don't ask people for no favors yet. They may know you yet, mm -hmm. right? So you have to go in, you have to show how you can be of value, whether it's your intellect, whether it's your circle. And yeah. then, you know, the, the relationship begins to build organically. So a no is don't go and be asking upfront for things. Yeah. You have to prove yourself first. Bring your skill set to the table, serve, offer, and then then it will be given and it shall be given unto you. That's yes. what I mean. Um, you know, Andrea made a comment, says so true, was just having a conversation about this. The Caribbean is different. I'm not sure if she's saying um with networking. Andrea, yeah, are you saying, Andrea, that the, the Caribbean is different in networking? Or um uh, can you give us a little bit more insight on that comment? But you know, it's true. Um networking, and again, I I mentioned I I learned this a little bit more when I went to Boston. In my, I learned some of this as well from my dad. Um, my dad, dad was a crazy networker. He knew everyone, like at every level. He he's working with the guys uh, on the ground. He's working with guys in administration. Administration. He would take time to sit with people after work and just talk and just hear their hear their story, hear them out. Right. And so I learned a lot about networking he used to do this thing with me i would go he had a tire shop and i would go in the tire shop and he everyone who comes he would take me and put his hand on my head i said this is my boy mervin um mervin you need to know mr book or mervin yes. you need to know this person that and ushering you in yeah yeah and i didn't even realize those were he was teaching me about networking back then right yeah. so it's i'm sure not to say even for parents and for yes. those uh, who have kids it's important that we start to train our kids and bring them into that arena even from now and prepare them for for their future and their journey, right? Um, Dr. Tamo, I you know I I was just preparing for the session and uh, here's a statistics that um, I found and it's true. It says approximately twenty percent of new business fail during the first two years of being open, forty-five percent <clears throat> during the first five years, and sixty-five percent during the first ten years only 25% of new business make it to the 15 year mark. So I was excited because I'm like, I'm in the 15 year mark. Uh, we, we still have longer to go, uh, but it's true. It's been a very interesting journey. There's been a lot of challenges. I've Many times I was ready to shut down um, because it just got hard. Um, not yeah. just hard, but it just felt like things were drying up and transition needed to happen. And then every time we kind of got a, a new burst of energy to take the next step forward. But talk to us about sustainability. And I know tonight we, we the, the topic was sustain, sustainable business models and people are thinking environmental and all these different things. That's part of it, in the community. But how do we build a, 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 a company, a business that will last, that, will, that we can say it's, it's legacy. Our kids can come back and say, hey, I remember growing up and we're running the business now. Um, so what are some of the, the the mindsets we need to embrace? And I know we talk about the growth mindset, but what are some practical things that we need to be thinking about as entrepreneurs as we're building out our business for a long haul? I think that I made my notes about that. And one of the things is 
well, we spoke about mindset, but specifically working on your self-efficacy. So your self-efficacy is your confidence, Mm. um, your confidence in your knowledge and implementation in a specific space or knowledge area, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I think that what happens often is that we fail to continue to hone our craft. Mm. We fail to continue to learn new things. So another way to remain sustainable or be sustainable is to always ensure that you understand what is emerging. Mm. Uh, And now the cycle between the old and the emerging is becoming shorter and Mm. shorter. And how can you be sustainable if you are still creating a business model based on trends or or knowledge or um, systems that will be obsolete in three to five years? It's not yeah. making sense yeah. because then you're investing in obsolescence. Hmm. And so sustainability, especially today, has to do with understanding how am I going to be agile and to pivot in this fourth industrial revolution where things are moving so quickly. And so if we tie it back to that first point of self-efficacy and understanding our strengths and our competence, we can only remain, you know, have self-efficacy if we become competent in what's emerging. Hmm. So I think that um, particularly today, innovation, the ability to be agile, and the ability to understand how to create opportunities out of what is emerging, I feel like these are the new pillars for sustainability. I love that. And 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 I guess the natural question would be, uh, wh- where do we go for that? Um, where do we go to, to find those spaces because you know sometimes when things are emerging it's 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 it, you hear about it after it's kind of like um so oh that happened like oh you're always kind of one step behind yeah. so is, is there any way what do you suggest uh, or where do we go to kind of be in the the leading um mm-hmm. environment of emerging ideas emerging uh resources emerging tools that's coming out the thing is that luckily let me tell you, Google is there. Yeah. yeah. It's, but but it, um, if I have to ground my answer, my answer would be that you, it goes back to that same point, being a genius in your space. Yeah. And to be a genius in your space, you have to be constantly studying, researching, reading, learning about what's in your space. Sign up to the newsletters, join a clubhouse group. Um, mm-hmm. If you hear something like, you know, the metaverse, I'm all over the metaverse now. My brother was like, you're very bullish on the metaverse, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I am. Um, and so I, I'm not an expert but now I'm in the clubhouse, um, joined the group on the metaverse, right? And so you have to understand that you want to be the genius in your space. Mm-hmm. And genius requires work, it requires research, it requires knowledge, and understanding that you now begin to figure out in your network inventory, network again, who might be the people in the know Mm -hmm. or who can point you to the resources. So we just have our network languishing, but Mm. sometimes they're in the know. You know, you might have a tech expert, you might, um, like Mervyn, for you, I could see um, a whole virtual reality concert. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, when something sparks, once you know what's emerging, it doesn't have to be emerging in your field. It has to be emerging mainstream, for instance. 
to like virtual reality as mainstream. It's going to be mainstream. The metaverse, now that Facebook has adopted the whole concept, there were metaverses before Facebook, but you will never know, right? Because, you know, Facebook is mainstream. So now what you need to do is understand just conceptually what this is about and your innovation as an entrepreneur will immediately provide you with ideas on how you can use the new tool in your lake of genius. Love it. I I really love that answer. And again, for those tuned in, I want to encourage you guys. uh, We want to maximize our time with Dr. Tamu. Uh, Definitely getting some great resource and some great tips and lessons here. Uh, please, if you have questions, I want to encourage you to submit them. We have about 10 more minutes to go before we wind down for the show. And we, we do want to prioritize uh, the questions from our guests. Uh, Dr. Tarong, I want to kind of go back as we're winding down. Um, you mentioned it earlier. It came up again just now. And I, I just want to talk about the life model canvas and, and how important that is. Uh, you know, and then is there, where can we find that? Is that something online we can find? How can people take advantage of that? What it is, kind of give us a little deeper understanding of how it works. All right. So the life model canvas is similar to a business model canvas. So it has all of these elements on the canvas that you um, consider in order to craft the intersection of life and entrepreneurship that works for you. So for instance, they're about like, what are your challenges to reaching your goal? What are your goals in the entrepreneurial area, in your family area, in maybe your spiritual area? What are your moonshots, like this grand vision and what might be preventing you from, from getting there? And so these are some of the elements. The founder is Ayori Selassie, A-Y-O-R-I, Selassie with two S's. And if you just Google Life Model Canvas, you will be able to find a download, a free downloadable and with the instructions and everything. She also does have, I noticed, one that you can do on the phone, but I've already told you (laughs) the the research on that. So I'm, you know, but everyone is a different learner. So, you know, learning styles differ. But for me, why I love the Life Model Canvas, it is the only tool that I have found that really melded both work and just like life, right? Mm -hmm. And it allows you to examine areas of resistance that you might not have considered. And because you have examined these areas of resistance and you can see if your goals are in alignment across categories, it provides you some really serious information on yourself laid out visually that you can really begin to do a lot of introspection on. I know it changed the entire trajectory of my life. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I, I, I definitely will look that up and I want to encourage our audience to look it up. Uh, we normally post um, on Fridays a kind of summary overview of each show and a podcast version and we're going to look it up and put a link to it in that post as well so that people can find it because we want to we want to provide you with resources and tools to help move your business to to a place where your business is working for you and where it's growing and it's and it's it's healthy right and so that's kind of what we're we're hoping that some of these content um will help you in your own journey um dr tamu as we're wrapping up you know we have about five more minutes to go um, I wanted to hear a little bit about your, you have a mentor to millions, millions initiative. Um, I wanted to hear a little bit about that. Um, if, if it's still going, if it's still on, and I know you're doing a lot of work with female entrepreneurs and, and, and you're giving back to the community in that kind of capacity. If you could talk to us a little bit of some of those work that you're doing. Well, the men- I've had this mentor to millions idea forever, right? And what I want to do, so I'm beginning it in earnest. Remember, we talk about pulling yourself back. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pulling myself back and I'm beginning in earnest in 2022. And what the mentor to millions initiative is, is I want to um, simultaneously engage in action research with at least 10 Caribbean entrepreneurs 
who I want to provide resources, experiential opportunities, um, networks with mentors and, you know, things that I've learned from my experience and research in order to see them to a million dollars in revenue. Mm. So I'm basically crafting a research study that I believe will have excellent insight. There is no such thing in the Caribbean. When yeah. you talk about million dollar businesses, especially solopreneurs or small teams, nobody's talking about us. Nobody, you know, there's no Caribbean context on that. There's yeah. no research on that. And I thought that melding the research with the action. Yeah. And yeah. so I move. What I've realized is that I don't believe that this will be like a traditional business model. I do not see it as something that I can make money. I probably can if I put my mind to it, make money from. But I feel like it's important yeah. for our community to have lessons from our people yeah. in our context about what is possible in yeah. terms of being multi-millionaires. And so that is a way that I'll be giving back, doing that work. And people who know me um, know that, listen, if you want to know anything, call Dr. Tamoshi, <laughs> gonna coach you through for nothing, right? <laughs> right? It's the truth. My son always yeah. tells me in the, you know, when we are in town, oh gosh, mommy, don't get to doing <laughs> On a coaching, he's like you just on a coaching, right? And yeah. people call me up out of the blue, and you know about education models for their children, etc., and all sorts of things. So that's the Mentor to Millions initiative. So um, it satisfies my love of research and data, and my love of seeing my Caribbean people just blossom. I love it. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I have one. I was just about to wrap up. I saw one more question okay, coming. Is and actually, it's a question. It's it's what I was about to ask as well. But is ah. this initiative open, or will it be a specific group? Like, how can people uh, who are interested? Can you say you're going to work at ten? How how can yeah. people um, get access to that? Well, send me an email at um, tamucoaching at gmail.com. I'm still fleshing out, you know, how it's going to work, but I definitely will have some criteria, but you have to just be growth oriented and ready to make a million dollars. Look out for an email. Look out for an avalanche. <laughs> Yeah. Look out for an email from me. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's awesome. I think this is a great initiative and I agree with you. We need to see more uh, examples from the Caribbean. I know that's been one of my um, also passion, uh, one of those desires within me that I wanted. For, I, as I was met, meeting with my coach at the beginning, I said, I want to be able to uh, be an example of a Belizean that has made an impact globally. And I grew up in Belize. I didn't grow up in the States. Right. I didn't grow, I, I grew up in Belize. I come from a small community in Bangriga. And to have a global impact, that, that's that's one of my desire and one of my goals to say that it is possible that it doesn't it doesn't matter where we, you were born or where you come from. Uh, if you're willing to what you're saying, have that growth mindset, you're willing to change and you're willing to pursue your dreams and goals, you can achieve and you can do great things in this world. Dr. Tamu, it was a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you. I wish we had more time. Uh, there's, there's, I have lots more questions that I didn't even get to, uh, but that's okay. That's kind of how the show goes. Um, uh, in, in closing, any, any final comments uh, that you would like to leave our audience with? I think in closing, I want to tell Caribbean people that unlike what our society and culture tell us, that it is okay to pivot and that when something does not work, it is not failure, it is research and development. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you. Really appreciate uh, your insight and just for you to give freely to our audience tonight. Guys, I want to encourage you, go and find Dr. Tamu on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, take advantage of the opportunity, zip her an email and stay in touch with her. I just want to thank uh, you as well for tuning in tonight. Thank you for <clears throat> making the Creative Monday Discussion show your show. 
and we will say good night god bless you and we will see you again next week remember to treat every day like it's a monday